The year is 2081, and everybody was finally equal in every which way. Thanks to the 211th, 212th, and 213th Amendments to the U.S. Constitution. George and Hazel are watching TV, unable to think about their son Harrison being taken away. Hazel because she's stupid, and George because he has a transmitter in his ear that plays loud noises to disrupt his thinking. Masked ballerinas stumble on stage, weights strapped around their neck, and announcers with speech impediments broadcast the news. A picture of Harrison Bergeron appears on the screen. He has escaped from prison. Dun, dun, dun. Moments later, Harrison breaks into the studio, claims himself emperor, and anoints the first ballerina to step forward, queen. The two perform a graceful dance, followed by the entrance of Diana Moon Glampers, handicapper general of the United States government, who shoots and kills Harrison and his queen. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. All right, let's get you off to a good start here with a two-minute lesson plan. This is called Analyzing Irony in Literature. We've done this before on the podcast. Class is about to start and you need something right now. So here's the one thing you can put on the board right now so when the students come in, you'll be ready to roll. As you know, I'm a huge fan of literature. Excuse me. A huge fan of irony in literature and irony in life. So let's get this uh, going. Uh, make a three-column chart on the whiteboard or on your little uh, screen thingy, smart board. There's a link in the show notes that will take you to this uh, handout if you just want to show it on the board real quick. Anyhow, three-column chart in the left column. You're going to record. You're going to write specific example of irony. In the middle column, the type of irony. And in the right column, of course, analysis and explanation. The goal here. Of course, you're going to want to write an objective on the board so it looks all official. I can cite textual evidence to support analysis of irony in literature or just analysis. Some things you're going to want to share with the class before they start. So they come in, they'll be copying down this chart, and you can tell them the different types of irony because they're going to need to know the types of irony. you got situational irony when what happens is the opposite of what is expected. Verbal irony, a contrast between the intended meaning and the apparent or expected meaning. And, of course, dramatic irony, when the audience knows something a character does not. Read the story, fill in the chart. Now, you can have them read it on their own, or you can read it together. You know your class, you're a licensed teacher. And a darn good one. How do I know you're a darn good teacher? Well, you're listening to this podcast, for one. Tells me you care, tells me you're trying to get better, and that's what really matters. So that is the two-minute lesson plan. All right, let's get on to some other things you can teach. And using Harrison Bergeron, irony, obviously. Uh, We have satire. In fact, you know what? Let's go to our one thing. All right, that sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one thing. That's right. If there's one thing you teach from this story, it's going to be this right here. If there's one thing you're going to teach in Harrison Bergeron, it might just be humor in literature. 
Let's not confuse humor in literature with actual humor. Humor in literature, there are certain strategies that authors, that writers use to create humor in their short stories. One of them, if you did the two-minute lesson plan at the start, is irony. You know, the irony in this story is obvious. You have dancers who can't dance, announcers who can't speak, smart people who can't think. Everyone has an artificial handicap except for the handicapper general who enforces the laws. There's some irony here. And in order to understand the theme of the story, you're going to have to understand the irony that's involved here, that by trying to advance society, the government has done the opposite. We also see a lot of the tropes that science fiction uses, such as over-reliance on technology, uh, too much governmental control, things like that. Another way a writer creates humor is satire. Vonnegut pokes fun at government policies that punish the gifted and successful, redistribute resources, and encroach upon civil liberties. The tone is satirical. The theme is serious. So Vonnegut's poking fun at a very serious thing, which is government taking away freedoms. Another method, understatement or meiosis. When an author deliberately understates the obvious, he or she is using meiosis. Shakespeare uses understatement, for example, in Romeo and Juliet with one of his wittiest creations. In Act 2, Scene 1, Mercutio describes his mortal wound, not so deep as a well, nor so wide as a church door, but tis enough, twill serve. More recent examples include Mark Twain's famous, The reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. And of course, well, I would say who could forget this, but probably a lot of you since you weren't alive when this movie came out. Richard Dreyfus in Jaws when he says we're going to need a bigger boat. Yes, I know Jaws was a movie, but it was a book first. So in your face, there is a meiosis in this story. So I have as you read, if you choose to do this, if you choose to do an assignment involving humor and literature, I recommend a chart, by the way. Find examples of understatement. Find example of satire. Find example of irony. Find example of hyperbole. Hyperbole, as you know, is the opposite of understatement. A writer uses hyperbole to exaggerate his or her point to create humor. There's a these there's obviously some uh, cross crossover here. Uh, it can be both hyperbole and ironic. Most most not most some irony is also satirical and vice versa. So, uh, in, for example, in James Thurber's "The Night the Ghost Got In," the narrator talks about exaggerates uh, narrates the exaggerated mind of a child who hears a noise downstairs and assumes it's a ghost. Before the story ends, the mother calls for help and the grandfather shoots a police officer in the shoulder. All it was was a noise. Uh, But in this case, Thurber uses hyperbole to kind of poke fun at child's imagination. There is a lot of hyperbole in Harrison Bergeron. I mean, uh, the fact that there's 211, 212, and 213 amendments to the U.S. Constitution would be one. Comic irony. A writer creates comic irony by stating one thing while meaning another. It is an application of verbal irony used with humorous instant. We're going to go back to the master of American lit humor, Mark Twain, who mocks standard wisdom by saying, if a person offends you and you are in doubt as to whether it was intentional or not, do not resort to extreme measures. Simply watch your chance and hit him with a brick. Comic irony. No one expected that. No one expected that. Yet, that's what he gives us. 
And the fifth method for creating humor in literature, the usage, usage or vocabulary that is characteristic of a specific group, we know that as dialect. So sometimes the dialect a person uses uh, can create humor. Not a ton of dialect in Harrison Bergeron. If you're going to teach uh, humor in Harrison Bergeron, I- irony, satire, hyperbole are your three main ones. There's probably some meiosis in there as well. There's definite comic irony. I mean, Harrison Bergeron busts in with cement bags on him and... Uh, He's wearing a clown nose. Some things to think about as well. Some other lesson ideas. Uh, you could pair this with the Declaration of Independence. Discuss the phrase, all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So that is in the Declaration of Independence. I don't think this was applied very well in Harrison Bergeron. In Harrison Bergeron, the goal of the government is to make everybody equal, which sounds the same as what's in the Declaration of Independence, but in practice, they go about it in a much different way. You could also apply this to uh, what's going on in our day. Uh, You know, we just passed Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Jr. alludes to the Declaration of Independence several times in his High of a Dream speech. Modern politicians use this, and uh, sometimes they warp the expression. For their own gain. I know it sounds strange for a politician to uh, twist the meaning of something for their own personal gain. Uh, ask yourself, can inequality of results be obtained? And has equality under the law been obtained? So the Declaration of Independence, equality under the law, has that, has that happened? Many people would say no. Can inequality of results be attained? Not the same thing as protection, but inequality of results. We see the, uh, in this short story, we see the catastrophic consequences of such efforts. You could also take a look at the United States Constitution, uh, specifically the Bill of Rights, and discuss which rights have been abused in Harrison, in the short story Harrison Bergeron. You know, you might want to partner up with a U.S. history or government teacher and do a little Bill of Rights lesson plan together. Talk, talk, you, you can't tell me your administrator won't be impressed by that with your cross-curricular teaching, eh? Talk about hitting buzzwords. Harrison uh, Bergeron also mentioned for teaching Fahrenheit 451, Brave New World, 1984, The Giver. There's several other dystopian novels. This short story would make a make a nice companion piece of literature to those. Now, uh, you're going to want to touch on theme, of course. The theme of what happens when government gets out of control. A lot of the science fiction themes uh, are in this because it's, well, it's a science fiction short story. Now, I want to touch on a, a an amazing movie this uh, this short story was turned into a it's about a twenty some minute movie called Twenty Eighty One. It's available on Amazon Prime. At least it was when I checked last. Of course, I can't get it because apparently I don't live in the right country to get uh, this movie on my Amazon Prime. But it's about it's about twenty minutes long. Rent it. Our last podcast, I did a uh, there's a link there's a link on this one too about how to help students analyze movies in comparison to literature. Some of the themes you might want to, we talked about themes as a lesson plan. You got the dangers of big government. You got the uh, equal is not always fair. And of course, the United States Constitution has some of your themes. All right. That'll wrap up our discussion about on Harrison Bergeron. Let's get a few takeaways here. Uh, let's start with, uh, this is a good story for determining a theme of a text and analyzing it over the course of the text using textual evidence. So 
In order to understand the theme, you need to understand the irony involved and maybe a little bit of uh, founding documental uh, context. I, I highly recommend the movie. Harrison Bergeron was turned into a movie called 2081. I did see there is a there is a little something on YouTube. I have not seen that one. It was made by the Ohio University, I believe. I have not watched it yet, so I'm not going to recommend it or not recommend it, but I saw it there. And I'm pretty sure there's an actually full-length Harrison Bergeron movie that I saw my roommate watching while I was in uh, college. It didn't look like it was any good, but let me know if you know, know what I'm talking about. And let's not forget, science fiction isn't just for nerds. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 